This program is presented by Hunter's Fund, formed in memory of Hunter Watson, a young entrepreneur who died at age 20 as a passenger in a distracted driving accident. Hunter's Fund seeks to support young people with promising ideas and to raise awareness of the dangers of distracted driving. Welcome back, everybody. I am your host, Jacob O'Connor, and today joining us, we have Sophie Fazio, the filmmaker, director, actor. She does it all. The first thing I want to know about you, and I think it'd be great for the audience to learn about you, is how did you get into directing, filmmaking, acting, you know, all of those different categories? I always credit it to the fact that I grew up in Tribeca, and when I was, I think, six or seven, um, the Tribeca Film Festival started. And that was super influential to me because it was the first time I really ever saw indie films. And um, I ended up going, I think I've gone almost every year since I was six. Um, and they really champion films by women and underrepresented filmmakers. And I was lucky enough to intern there. And that just had a huge impact on me wanting to be a part of that industry. I think I really realized it until I was in a senior in high school and all of a sudden I was applying to college and I was like that's kind of the only thing I see myself wanting to do is be a storyteller um which I think is why I direct act and I do a bunch of things just because I love all of it I, I honestly think storytelling is one of the greatest gifts that mankind has um it, you have the ability to make people feel something and I think that's what one of the things that you like to do with your films could you speak a little bit to that aspect? Yeah, um, I actually was just listening to an interview with Emerald Fennell, who's one of my very favorite directors. She's an actress, director, producer, writer. She's amazing. And she kind of was saying that her favorite films, even if you don't know what happened, like in the story, if it made you feel something, that's the goal. And, you know, all of my favorite films even if I can't pinpoint exactly what the story was, they, they, I like have such an emotional reaction to them. And so that was kind of our goal with this film um, and everything I've made. I think I have a really strong focus on connection. So connection between actors, the environment. I think it also comes from not focusing so much on writing because I very much prefer acting and the visual part of it so yeah that's been something that's really like driving my whole process I guess is what's the feeling I think that's a great motivator and a great intention to have with it and one of the things that I want to hit on is the fact that you are in an industry that is is very difficult to kind of break into and to, to find a role and to quote make it even in a small regard but yet we were talking off camera about how you've worked with Netflix HBO Amazon how have you been able to, to kind of get your foot in the door and carve out your own little lane? It's really hard. <laughs> I started out as an intern on this studio lot, basically in New York. And almost every opportunity I've had has like trickled down from that one opportunity because so many things filmed there. And it really is, I think about just getting your foot in the door, having people know your name. Um, this Amazon movie I'm about to start working on was my boss from when I was 19 called me and said, uh, are you available? I have this really amazing project. Can you come assist on it? So I think it's like keeping in touch with people, really being persistent. Um, 
like I knew nobody in the industry. Like I don't have any family. I don't have any older family friends. I didn't know anyone. And the few people I did know were in LA. So I think it's really about being determined. And also a lot of the best advice I've had from some of my mentors has been to really try everything. Because even if you're the best actor in the industry, there might still be a time where you have a few months off. Why wouldn't you want to try writing or producing or directing? So I think making my own stuff, being an assistant, um, acting and stuff, it's allowed me this sort of learning experience that I didn't really get in college. I've been able to like try everything, which is so nice. You know very well from being a filmmaker, director, actor, all of the above, that they're not the same as each other. Like just because you're working on a movie doesn't mean that you have the same struggle, the same commitment, the same things you have to work through. Yeah, completely. Um, one of, I love the Tribeca Film Festival, as I said, and one of my favorite parts is they have directors come in and talk. And Guillermo del Toro said, like my biggest advice to young directors is to go to acting school, like go learn how to act because it's like the most vulnerable position on set as well as the director. So if you can know how to do both, you'll feel way more connected and grounded on set. And so I think that was a big reason why I ended up doing this grad program um, for acting because I was like, I don't want to just direct and not know how it is to be on the other side of the camera. I really want to know what it's all like. That's phenomenal. So just for a brief moment here, I'd like to go back to that period when you do get that phone call from your old boss and uh, you've been asked to work on a show for Amazon. What were the emotions running through you? How did you feel? I was really excited. I've been so lucky with the pandemic film situation because film really stopped abruptly and there were a lot of projects I was looking forward to working on in New York. Um, and all of a sudden Boston has a lot of stuff filming and I've been really lucky that I've been between New York and Boston. So I was super excited. I think it's always nice when people remember you and people have um, exciting projects, especially with super talented directors and actors. I don't think I'm allowed to say what it is, but it's a director and an actor I really idolize are kind of helming the project. So it was just like an instant yes, like I'll be there. And I think a lot of my opportunities have been like that. It's it, it's just like, I love living on a film set. So if there's an opportunity to jump in, I'm there. It's really like it turns into an, a, this beautiful family um, of where you're coming in every day and you start to know how to cater towards other people and develop these strong relationships. Yeah, definitely. I think that's also why it's nice to kind of know how to do everything because it nothing gets done on a film set alone. Like you, you're relying on so many different people and you work best, everyone works best together. And I think that's also why there's been a few opportunities where being freelance, you kind of don't know what you're doing next. And I've said yes to things like post-production opportunities that I wasn't maybe the most interested in because I knew I wanted to direct and act. And I was like, why am I going to work at an edit studio? But then I got to see how directors come in and kind of like guide and edit and work with an editor. And I got to see all the assistant editors and the way their process works and read all the directors like handwritten notes about cuts that they like and everything. So 
I think really it's such a collaborative process and that's why it's so important especially to pick good teammates and also it's so important to have like a good energy on set and I feel like I've just been so lucky especially this year everything I've worked on it's been the most uplifting attitude and I think a big part of that is also because of the pandemic everyone knows how lucky we are to be together and creating something and yeah it's just been so much fun so that's definitely the upside of what you're doing and one of the downsides is you mentioned like you were just doing post-production and that's you know a different hat that you're wearing um you're in an industry where you could have a job one day and then you know have nothing for the next three months like how do you handle the uncertainty that's in your field i mean it's hard i think definitely a positive attitude and also i'm a really big believer that everything happens for a reason and luckily like the job where I'm working now um I work as a director's assistant he's a director and producer um I got that phone call to work for their production company um like the Friday that my post-production editing job was ending so it was they were like can you start on Monday so I've gotten really lucky but I do think it is just like having a good attitude i it's weird for me to call it networking because that it feels very unfilmed because it's mostly like texting people. It's not like a professional email, but yeah, I think checking in and like really staying in touch, um, especially the New York film community feels pretty small. Like once you have one project under your belt, a lot of people are more willing to hire you and they keep with the same crews. But um yeah, and I also think those types of weird breaks kind of lend itself to your own creativity. So you can use that amount of time to create your own short or go work on a friend's short or something where you might as well, you might have not had the time if you were just back to back on projects. Yeah, yeah. And as you talk about creating your own short, um, tell us about Wildflowers. What is that? Yeah, so Wildflowers is a film that I created with a lot of my friends from Strasbourg. So Lee Strasbourg Theater and Film Institute is the acting program that I did. Really just wanted to make something that was about connection and coming together. And I feel like I learned so much at Strasbourg just about really that the story doesn't need to be anything more than the connection and the feeling. Um, And I had this group of friends who I was with every day for a year we were in 30 hours of class together so like we know each other so well we've done so many scenes together and we had really good chemistry and connections and so we had this idea before the pandemic that we wanted to create a short film we had officially started working on it in march and every week we just it kind of was like our anchor it really helped us stay grounded at the beginning of last year in March when we didn't really know how long we were going to be in this. For me, at least, it kept me really motivated at a time when I think it would have been easy to shut down and so many other projects had been canceled that I was supposed to work on. And so we every week just kept meeting and meeting and meeting. And then the story kind of slowly came together. The whole premise was that these cousins who haven't seen each other in a while are coming back together for the first time. And For me, it was really important that they were around our age because I think there aren't that many stories that are about sort of coming of age stories, but a little bit later than what traditional coming of age stories are. I think that's kind of left out of like mainstream 
films, but it is this time in your life where you feel really, really lost. You know, everyone looks back at people that are our age and younger and they just kind of assume like, oh, it's the best time of your life. It's amazing. Yeah. But like we have all of these different rites of passages that we're going through. And uh, it, it is a different time in our lives that I think you're right. Not a lot of people hit on. Yeah, I think there's this sort of like assumption. It's like when you turn 18, you're an adult or when you turn 21 and you can drink and all these things. But I don't feel like an adult, like a real adult yet. And I think it's this really weird period of time where you, you just don't know what you're doing and part of you feels really tied to your youth and being young and sort of invincible but then part of you's kind of reconciling with like growing older so yeah it's this really weird in-between space that I don't think has a lot of it, it has so much emotional weight when we were talking about it and that was kind of our idea we all were like that is what I'm going through. We could connect so much to it, but I don't think it's really out there. So where are you at in the production process right now? So we are editing. Um, we filmed uh, at the end of October. And right now we're editing. Um, we have done a couple rough passes. So we have music in there. It's not been colored yet. It's not been sound mixed yet. So we're in like the early stages of editing. Never made anything this length before. It's the longest short I've made. So having a lot of patience and a lot of clarity on what the message is has been really important. So when this comes out, I'm sure you'll enter it in festivals. Um, but where can we find it if we want to go check it out? Um, so right now, I think a lot of festivals are going to be online. So they'll have virtual festivals. and. Um, It'll definitely be on Vimeo, um, the festival pages, probably YouTube. I think it, we're gonna release it everywhere. Festivals are pretty strict with um, like premiere, so they don't want it to just be public online yet. So I'm hoping that by the summer, it'll be available on like Vimeo, YouTube, just out there. Obviously you've had some great experience. You, you get to work with some really cool people. Where did the Hunter's Fund come into all this? How'd you find out about it? A friend of mine actually mentioned it and she's a filmmaker and I, we had been looking for grant opportunities and we really were kind of stuck because I think films are so expensive to make, to actually make one the right, in my opinion, the right way, which is if you're going to pour your heart and give a thousand percent into a project you need the right equipment, you need the right people, you need all these things that just make it the best it can be. And it's super expensive. And we were really trying our best looking at fundraising opportunities, grant programs. And we found this grant and it really just aligned so well, we thought with what our story was, which is all of these family members coming together and sort of healing and connecting and we felt like that was really the mission of this fund. So it kind of aligned perfectly. And I think it's, the grant is going to like elevate the project to a level like we just could not have gotten into without it. Absolutely. So Sophie, I've got two more questions before we wrap things up. The first one being, where can people find you online if they want to connect with you? I guess Instagram. My Instagram is at Sophie Fazio. It's really boring. <laughs> it's S-O-P-H-I-E-F-A-Z-I-O. 
and my website, I think, is sophiefazio.com. What is your plan for the next five years? Where do you see yourself heading? I would say directing a feature, a feature film. So yeah, I, that just came out. I hadn't really thought about that. But yeah, I would say in the next five years, I definitely want to direct a feature. I'm really loving acting right now, which I guess is it still feels really new to me. But at the same time, it's such a great opportunity to learn as a director because you get to be directed by amazing directors and um, and then go and direct with all the knowledge and wisdom that they gave you. So I really would love to act in some bigger films in the next few years so that I can really just take all of it in and then go and direct. Before we go, guys, if you do want to sign up for an application so you can be entered for the fund, or if you want to donate, you can head over to the Hunters Fund website, which will be linked in the description below. Thank you for joining me, Sophie. Thank you. So nice talking. Support from viewers like you make these grants possible. Support Hunter's Fund.